Lord, we thank you for this letter. We thank you for your word, which gives us a better understanding of who you are, of what you have planned, and how it applies to our lives today. We pray that you would speak to us through your word. I pray for the gift of teaching in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we're going to read as Paul goes back to the beginning. Before the law, even before sin, he's going to go back. Today's message is titled, The Cure for Death. As we continue our study in the book of Romans with chapter 5, we're going to pick it up in verse 12, where we read, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. Before Adam sinned, there was no sin in the world. Paul must have been led by the Spirit to explain the origin of sin. This was important. He wanted to lay this out. He wanted them to understand where sin came from and how it applies to our lives today. Most people probably knew where sin came from at that time, but there were probably many who had heard conflicting views of where sin came from or if it was actually anything important for them to pay attention to. You have to realize there was no nation of Israel at this time. God had not chosen the Jews at this early time in history. So the people had a relationship with God. God spoke to the people directly and some of them actually listened. It didn't last long before they started ignoring God and uh, then the flood came shortly after. But Due to Adam's sin, all mankind was now encumbered with sin. We are born with a sin nature. Before that, man was supposed to live forever. He was an eternal being created to live forever. There was no death. Death didn't come until there was sin in the world. Adam being the first man represents all of mankind. And we are unfortunately part of mankind. I, I don't know if you gather that. When we say man, women, you're, you're, you're stuck <laughs> being part of mankind too. Uh, so it's not just men. And, and men don't look at your wife and say, well, it's the woman's fault. She ate the, the, the fruit first. You know, it's, that's not what this is about. 
Paul's going to explain the concept that we know that all man sinned and nobody lives forever. Everyone dies a physical death. And here's how Paul's going to explain this. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. So from Adam to Moses, there was death, even though the person didn't sin the same way that Adam sinned. Adam sinned because God said, don't eat of that fruit. If you eat of it, you will surely die, right? And so he was told, but he didn't listen to the warning. That means that even babies that were born would die, you know, could die, and they would die in their sin. Uh, now, God makes provision for the innocent, but between Adam and Moses, there was no law to judge them by. It's kind of like the getting on a freeway. There are signs that tell you what the speed limit is. If there are no signs, then you can go to court when you get pulled over and say, I didn't see any signs. I was just going what I thought was the right speed to go. Well, if they never put any signs on any freeway out there, and everyone just got on and started driving, in many countries it's kind of like that, and uh, you drive at whatever pace you can, but you always know when someone is doing something wrong, because they're weaving in and out, they're trying to get past the next set of cars, and they're moving around traffic, and, they're, and you look and say, they're sinning, you know, not me, I'm just following the flow of traffic, they are in sin. And so you can see it, even though there are no signs posted, you can tell they're not following the general rule of nature. And that's just to flow, go with the flow of traffic. Well, when people back then lived, they had a conscience. See, God puts a conscience in every human being. Before you were believers, before you committed your life to Christ, you still had a conscience. You still knew right from wrong. You didn't have to listen to your parents to tell you what was wrong. You knew it was before you did it. At least I did. I don't know. Maybe you guys are much better off than, and you're much better people than I am. But I made mistakes all of the time, but I knew it before I made the mistake. I knew what I was doing was wrong. And that's the conscience that I believe God gives each one of us. And I believe they had that back then. They knew right from wrong. Cain and Abel. Cain knew. He knew what he was doing was wrong. But he did it anyway. Because 
he was mad, he was selfish, he was prideful, he was whatever the case may be. Uh, he knew what he was doing was wrong. We today have the Holy Spirit. Those of us who have received the Holy Spirit because we invited him into our lives, the Holy Spirit now tells us when we're a little off base. Don't you hate that? You know, I mean, no, you love it because I like to be told when I'm off. I like to be told when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I just don't want to be told from my wife. Um, you know, but from the Holy Spirit, okay, I can accept that. You know, um, I don't want to be told by my kids, you know, hey, you said, and now you're not doing that. You know, yeah, well, the Holy Spirit told me, you know, I, I could always go and use that as an excuse, right? No, but the Holy Spirit does tell us when we're outside the boundaries, when we're heading in the wrong direction. The Holy Spirit warns us. Why? Not so we can be perfect, not so we can earn our wings, that we can earn our place in heaven. And so as long as we're obedient to the Holy Spirit, we're earning our way. In. No, that's not. Why? The Holy Spirit tells us because he wants to keep us out of trouble. He wants to keep us from getting in a place that's going to hurt us. Sometimes it's physical, sometimes it's spiritual, sometimes it's both. The Holy Spirit does that. Early on, the, there was no Holy Spirit dwelling inside people, but there was a Holy Spirit. Uh, we know that the Spirit came upon certain people at certain times to enable them to do amazing things. And I believe that even before the law was given, they had a sense of right and wrong, and the people chose wrong more often than they chose right. And that's how come uh, in Noah's day, everybody did what was right in their own eyes. Or they were doing what was wrong. They were doing what was opposite of what God would want them to do. So the sin nature of man originated with Adam. So he's responsible for bringing the sin nature to all mankind. All mankind has this sin nature. And notice that Adam was a type of him who was to come. Well, what does that mean? Well, he was the first of his kind. He was the first man in the world to sin. And so he brought sin into the world. Jesus is the first sin-free man to come into the world and to save the world. So one was for one purpose and one is for others. We're going to understand the differences here beginning in verse 15. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, 
much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. So let's break that down. The free gift we receive in Christ is not like the offense that we received through Adam. All of us have received that naturally from Adam. Every human being alive received the offense and are sinners by nature. Some of us don't like to hear that. We're like, well, you know, I, I'm not a sinner. I'm, I don't live like, well, we also know that if we say we are without sin, then we're liars, which makes us a sinner. So, yeah, that, that doesn't work, you know. I look at the Ten Commandments and I say, I, I do pretty good with most of them, you know. But, of course, if you break one, you've broken the whole law. You, you're guilty of the whole law. All you have to do is break one. So look at the Ten Commandments, see if you broke any, and then you would be guilty. But because of our relationship with Jesus, grace covers the guilt. Grace takes away the guilt and provides us with what we need. Justification, righteousness. We can only get that through Jesus Christ. We can only get that through his grace. Through Adam's sin we all die. But through the grace of God we all experience righteousness. But the righteousness we receive isn't for one offense. It's for all our sins. Isn't that great? Because we would have to be on our knees 24-7 asking for grace if we had to cover our sins one at a time. Can you imagine having to write all, go home and get a pad of paper out. No, get 10 pads of paper out and start writing down all of your sins from the time that you can remember you'd go through those 10 pads pretty quick if you were being honest. Um, you know, I'd go through a page and say, well, that's enough. You know? No, I wouldn't. I'd be filling out all 10 pads and going beyond because we're all sinners. We've all missed the mark. Sin doesn't necessarily mean just violating the Ten Commandments. You see, the Jews added many, many laws 
to what a sin was, explanation and details. So if you really wanted to find out what, uh, what missing the mark meant, they had an excuse for every single thing that you could do wrong. And, and then you can um, then go before a judge and find out how wrong you are. But the main problem is we're born into sin. So regardless of how good we live our lives, we're sinners. We're born into it. And so we need a way out. Jesus came as the way out. He's the only way out. There's no other way out. Some people like to think there are other ways out. Muhammad, Buddha, Confucius, all of the different other options that are out there as far as religion goes. But none of them offers salvation. It's all based on works. If you listen to their rules, then you can be a better person. Now, there's no doubt in my mind that if you listen to some of what they teach, you can be a better person. If, if you listen to me when I am not discussing scripture and I can tell you what would make you a better person. I, I can tell you things that would help. Don't speed when you're on the freeway. That'll make you a better person. Don't, don't speed on my street, especially. Okay, that, that'll make you a much better person. When you're driving by my house, wave. Okay, and, and throw packets of money. But, you know, I can tell you things that would make you um, feel better about yourself. You know, how to live your best life now. And you can find these things, apply them to your lives, and feel better about yourself. It has nothing to do with salvation. It has nothing to do with justification. It has nothing to do with the righteousness of God. There are many good people out there that uh, have, well, they're not good people, but there are many bad people that have good advice. And it doesn't help when we're talking about the way to heaven, when we're talking about the way God has made to heaven. For there is one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. It is appointed unto man to die once, and after this the judgment. The Bible tells us all we need to hear, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hear it all through the scripture. And that's what we need to hear. Because if all we hear is good, if all we hear are the things that make us feel good about ourselves and all fuzzy and warm, um, then we're not going to find the truth that way. Because we need to know the truth about ourselves. And you already know. You, you know, you have to look at yourself in the mirror. You know. And, you know, I'm not worthy. I am not worthy to go before the Lord and to give him a reason why I deserve to be in heaven. Here's the only reason that
that we deserve. This is secret stuff here. If you have notes, please um, don't show this to anyone. Here's the secret to going before the Lord and getting into heaven. I accepted your son Jesus Christ and his death on the cross as mine. He, I believe in him and I trust him for my salvation. There it is. That's what it's about. Now, people can say, well, I said those things. I said those words out of my mouth. Right, right before I went to that Buddhist conference. And, and I, you know, was, here's the thing. When we say those words with our mouths and believe them with our heart, it changes the way we live and act. People can tell that there's something different about us by how we live our lives. And when people see the truth being lived out in our lives, it draws them to the truth. That's what leads people into a relationship. It's through the Holy Spirit. We're told that the Holy Spirit draws them in and he uses us to do that. Because people see what we go through, people see how God is working in our lives and saying, that works. That's evidence that it works. I was up visiting my uncle. He's 88 years old, lives up in uh, Vegas. And I went up there and spent a few days this week with him, uh, talking with him. And it was a great time. We, we just went over so many years that we've missed together. And we just shared with each other about things that happened in our lives and things going on. But the greatest moment for me is when he said to me, I remember what you were like when you were growing up. And he says, out of all of the nephews and nieces and cousins, and you're the one that I never would expect would become a pastor. <laughs> and so he saw something. He saw a change in my life. And the change was convincing to him because he knew, he saw. And he could see what my life is like today. Many people know your lives. They know your history, your story. And now they see you and they say, wow, you're a different person. How can you have peace when you're going through this? How can you not be um, worried about the things going on in the world? The world is going crazy. They're out of their minds. How can you have peace watching the news? Look, I'm not celebrating the fact that the world is falling apart. I mean, there are moments where I kind of do, but I don't spend a lot of time celebrating and saying, man, I just can't, I can't wait for Jesus to return because he's going to set it right. Everything's going to set back. We know the end of the story. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. But at the same time, I feel bad for those people who have no clue. Who are watching this and they bought into it. 
they're okay with drag queens teaching children in the libraries and in classrooms, and they're okay with this. I, I don't understand. The world has gone crazy. No, it's been crazy. It's just more evident now than it ever has been. But the world has been crazy for a long time. And so the longer that we are spending time with Jesus, the longer that we, the deeper we grow in our relationship with him, the more we realize, um, you know, this is the answer and the world is heading over that slippery slope. It's getting pretty ugly. It's going to get worse. Jesus didn't just reverse the curse of Adam. Jesus added something more to it. Eternal life. That's something that no one else could have done. He did it. The righteous gift that he gave took us from judgment into eternity. Uh, I still can't fathom that. Verse 18, therefore as through one man's offense judgment came to all men resulting in condemnation even so through one man's righteous act the free gift came to all men resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. So there are two separate groups of people here, the condemned and the righteous. We don't have to go out and try to figure out which group people are part of. We would like to think that we can do that. Um, and sometimes it's a little easier than others. Watching the news, you can say, I know which group you're, you're part of. I see the things you're supporting. I see the things you believe in, you're voting for. And we can say, but you know what? We don't know. Because Jesus died for those people too. He died for the whole world. And we don't know that I, I gave my life to Christ at 20. Um, they may be much older when they give their life to Christ. But guess what? He's forgiven all those sins all the way up to... Can you imagine if one of these people all of a sudden give their life to Christ and come on to the news and say, I was wrong and I'm a believer now. I've given my life to Christ. Um, first of all, it would never make that in the news. And, and uh, then second of all, they'll be dead the next day. They'll be shot or something, you know, just to make them disappear, to get rid of that. Uh, maybe, maybe not. God isn't looking to save these people that are in the ivory towers and stuff like that, that are kind of, he's not looking to save them so that we can be converted, that, that other unbelievers can be converted. He's looking to save anyone who has a heart to be saved. 
anyone who realizes their need for a savior. Everyone. So it doesn't matter if they're the person living out in the street injecting drugs into their veins or someone sitting in the highest office of our country. It doesn't matter. He wants to save everyone. And, um, you know, we sometimes we judge people not worthy to be saved. That's a shame. We, we shouldn't be doing that. That's God's job. So there are two separate groups, the condemned and the ones made righteous. In Genesis 2.16, we read, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree in the garden you may eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it you shall surely die. And then he ate of it. And he didn't die. Oh, God's a liar. No, he did die, spiritually. And what it did was, it set him to die in the future. He was going to die. He wasn't meant to die. And it didn't mean in the day you ate of it, you're going to be dead, you're going to be wiped off the face of the earth. I'm going to start over with someone else. What it meant was that you have now gone down the path of death. You're going to die now. And up until that point, Adam was supposed to live uh, forever. Death was passed on now to all of Adam's descendants because they were born of Adam. We were part of that many group from birth. We were part of that group. We were members of the dead. Those that were condemned. That was our beginning. That's where we started. When we receive the free gift of Jesus, we become members of the made righteous group. That's the good group. That's the one we want to be members of. And all we have to do is accept Jesus Christ as our Savior to do that. Paul wrote to the Philippians and said, And being found in the appearance of man, speaking of Jesus, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and give him, given him a name which is above every name, and at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So there are some people that look at the scripture and say, this is evidence that people, everyone is going to be saved because he died for everyone. Everyone's going to be saved. Not so. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord because they have no choice but to confess the truth when the time comes. There are some who will confess with joy that Jesus has overcome death and that has given us a way to spend eternity with him. 
We're going to confess it. We're confessing it today. We're going to confess and believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. Some will confess with remorse that they've never confessed it before. They're going to kneel in front of Jesus and say, you are Lord and I missed out. I didn't believe. I didn't trust in what I was told while I was alive. And still, some will confess with bitterness because they hated him all of their lives. There are many people that hate Jesus. Even today, there are many people that are alive. They've never met Jesus, but they hate him. They hate what he stands for, and they hate us because they hate him. And they want to shut us up. But every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It, it's kind of like um, after a presidential election, there are those people that say, well, he's not my president. Well, if you're an American, he's your president. You have no choice. He was the one elected. He is the president. So some people like the choice and some people don't. And so some people say, yes, he's my president. And some people say, no, that jerk is not my president. And this doesn't matter who that person is. There are people that are going to trust him or, and love him or people that are going to hate him. It doesn't matter because he's still the president. And so regardless of what we say with our mouths, he's still president. And that's what's going to happen with Jesus. Regardless of what they said with their mouths in the past, they're just going to have to confess, he is Lord. He is God. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. And that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So when the law of Moses was introduced, it was introduced to make sin stand out. It was introduced just like a speed limit sign on the road. Oh, here's the speed limit. Before that, they couldn't pull you over and say, well, you were doing 45, yeah? And? Well, there's no speed limit. So you tell me what's wrong with me doing 45. But once the speed limit sign is put there, you're doing 45, this is a 25. Oh, now you're in trouble. Well, that's what happened when the law came into existence. But the law wasn't meant to perfect us. The law wasn't given so that we can live the way that God wants us to live. The law was given to show us that we can't live the way God wants us to live. He gave us 10 simple commandments. Said, here, I'll give you 10. See if you can live by these. We can't. And, and we still try. 
we, we still sometimes try to live by commandments instead of trying to live in the grace of God. You see, grace is the only thing that's going to help us when the time comes. We're not going to have... Um, we're not going to have an excuse where we can say, well, I obeyed these commandments really well and that's why I'm here. Uh, we're going to be standing there before him saying, it's because of your grace. It's only because of your grace that I'm able to even stand here today. You would expect where sin reigned that the judgment of God would reign much more, right? You know, where, where there were a bunch of sinners and it was raining, uh, you know what? Pfft, lightning bolts. You know, people just pfft, wiped out. Oh, I know sometimes you probably have prayed like that. Lord, that neighbor of mine, just <laughs> snuff him out. Just pfft, have him move somewhere else. California, Oregon. You know, you know, they're lost anyway. You know, so have him move there. Uh, but, you know what? Grace. Grace extends. And God is so patient. God is patient. And I thank God that he's patient. I thank God that he didn't say when I was 19... You know what? You've had your chances. You know, you, you've heard the word. You've heard the truth. You've heard everything that you need to know. You didn't obey and wipe me out. At that time, many of my friends were dying. Drug overdoses, car accidents, all different kinds of stuff happening. And I lost many of my friends even before I was 21. And I was doing the same things that they were doing. But for the grace of God go I. And here I am today because of what he has done. And now I look back saying, oh, I can see where your hand was on my life. Where you were patient with me. Have you ever felt that way before? Well, he's like that even with the people that we don't like. So, we have to show and demonstrate that same grace sometimes, even when we don't want to. So we see here where sin reigned, grace reigned even more, and that's the kind of love God has for us. He extends grace even though we don't deserve it. This chapter is a story of two different leaders. Adam, the leader that led the human race to death. You know, I want to get up there and, and see Adam. What were you thinking? <laughs> Adam? You know, and, and we're not going to say that. Well, maybe. And Jesus, then the leader that saved the human race. The one that did everything that we needed to have done to save our lives. We must decide which future we want for ourselves. The one that Adam gave us that leads to death. 
or the one that Jesus gave us that leads to eternal life. When it comes to forgiveness, it's all or nothing. Either you're forgiven of all your sin or you're forgiven of none of your sin. That's hard to accept. That's hard for us because, you know, we like compensation uh, to... Um, for certain things in our, oh, I want to be compensated for this. Oh, I, I messed up here. All right, where's, where is, how do I work this off? Right? We want to work off the bad. Nope. When we're forgiven by Jesus, it's all gone. All of our sin is forgiven. Man, I'm glad that's how it is. Because I've, I've sinned more than I remember. There's no way that I would remember all of my sins to ask for forgiveness. So he did it all for me and that grace covers it all. You're either completely forgiven or you carry the weight of all your sin. Better to be completely forgiven, amen. By default, we are members of Adam's group but by a free will choice, we become members of the group who will have everlasting life with God. Our hope is in what Jesus did for us so that we may declare it before God. This is what Jesus did for me and I'm saved. Folks, the Lord is coming soon and maybe not. But you know what? I believe he is. And I believe there are many people out there that need to hear this good news that their sin can be forgiven. All they have to do is receive that free gift. Amen.